On this week's episode, we're talking about all the 8-bit horror that the Nintendo had to offer. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for a special track from our friends, Caliburn. tagline to a bunch of fucking Nintendo games. But this is Slash's Podcast, a podcast about movies and more for those who love horror. My name is Jake. With me as always is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Brian. Brian, say hello to the mutant ghouls from beyond. What's going on, goons? So, Brian, we're going back to research-based episodes because, god damn it, everybody has time to watch fucking movies now, but they don't have time to play 30 Nintendo games. Weep, weep, weep. That are probably, what, 40 years old? Don't don't make me feel worse, bro. <laughs> That's one of the things that sucks about retro gaming is it's like, I could get good enough to beat Silver Surfer, but I'm over 30 and that's fucking stupid for me to do right now. <laughs> like maybe when I'm retired and I don't have like deadline, deadline, living child I have right. to support, wife I have to abide by. No, now is not the time. When I literally have like nothing else to do, my family has disowned and disregarded me. Then I will sit there with my Game Boy and be like, take that. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. You know what? I just thought of this right now. You know, it's really sad. You look at today's video games compared to what we grew up with. And, you know, you feel like every generation you're like, oh, like you hear like the older generation saying, oh, you fuckers got it so easy now. Yeah. I remember back when I was younger and I'd walked uphill both ways in the snow, barefoot, blah, blah, blah. That's essentially what happened to the video games. 100%. If you think about it. You have like Castlevania, you have Zelda. Zelda alone was fucking super hard. How and stupid is it? Okay, this is why I didn't play RPGs for a really long time. You use a bug catching net to catch a fireball to throw at a wizard. Are you fucking kidding me? How many times <laughs> was I supposed to fucking die before I thought that a piece of net could catch a fireball from a wizard? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. And now you have video games that are like, would you like this on easy? Yeah. Normal? <laughs> we noticed that you're a complete fuck up. Would you like us to play the game for you? And you're like, sure. That's oh, what man. Twitch we is, didn't... right? Where you're basically just like, yeah, fuck actually playing it. I'm just going to make this do it. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have multiple versions of the game. Just fucking there's one mode and one mode only. And that was you essentially should be so fucking lucky. It, the, the mode was get fucked. Yeah. Play <laughs> testing. What's that? Oh, dude. Or like, how about I, this? You know, where you mastered the first level of Sonic, but then you just had to start that level over and over again. And then like other games where you had to put in a 17,000 character password to save where you were at. Guess oh, yeah. what, bro? Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm irresponsible. Yeah. I can't keep track of my notepad. I will lose it every time and I will give up on this game. Yeah, trust me, guys. We'll we'll stay on track, but we're gonna go off rails here and there. I feel like one of the games that I just kind of gave up on and it had a lot of potential and I was really excited about was Battletoads. Fuck that game. Oh. It is fucking stupid hard. Yeah, bro. It's not it's not a gratifying experience. Even when you get good at it, you're like, this isn't that fun. You're just like Dude, there was one instance 
scenes where I'm riding like a Harley, a space Harley or something. And you, you're supposed to jump like a giant fucking chasm. And I couldn't beat it for the life of me. I got to that point every single time and I would die. And I'm like, well, okay, well going to the next game. Honestly, it drives me crazy when you get to those situations because you're just like, it's supposed to be fun. And so many games from our era have the game construct mentality of arcade culture where they want you to die. And so a lot of games, when it comes to retro, like we're going to be talking about today, you are not reacting. It is not reactionary. It is memorization. And that's where I like, ah, now I have a hard time. Uh, I mean, (laughs) oh, absolutely. It's just patterns. Yeah, they're they're like you said, they're wanting you to pump in quarters. You know, I'm, for some reason, I'm just imagining like in Wayne's World where he has yeah, like the dude. guy that does like the the whole arcade fucking thing that he does. Yeah, and he's just like I just want a bunch of kids to like pump quarters in. Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, I actually one time you remember the Jurassic Park game where you're in the truck in the arcade. My friend and I, for some reason, we had $30. I don't know how we got $30 because my family would never give me $30 for anything. I wouldn't get $30 for dental work, much less video games. But between <laughs> he and I, we had 30 bucks, and we were able to beat that game. And it was uh, the most thrilling experience of our life. I think we had one quarter left after the end of it. Yeah, I can recount a couple times where I feel like I did that with like Area 51. Yeah, Fuck. dude. Such I was just thinking game. about that game at fucking uh, Roundtable Pizza. Yeah, exactly. Doing suicides where you could put a little bit of every soda and you waddle over there and you got a sugar high and you're like, I'm going to fucking shoot everything. Yeah. Between that and what were the fucking little commando dudes that had like you walk up to people and cut their throats with a knife? Metal slug. Metal slug. Exactly. I love metal slug. Neo Geo rules so hard. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, after this episode, I feel like we just got to figure out some way to like toss it on the big screen and play together. Bro, I have, I can do that. I've always been able to do that. That's all you had to say, dude. You can come over to my house (laughs) or we could pay. There's a service that you could pay for where you can get a remote access server just like Xbox Live, but it's like 10 bucks a month and I've wanted to do it forever, but I don't know a single fucking person who's interested in playing Metal Slug Uh, Live. You found a guy, so... I knew I kept you as my best friend for a reason. I mean, I don't know. I could bring over a white sheet. We can tarp it over your garage. We could throw a projector up and just fucking go to town, dude. I'm all about it. <laughs> Legitimately, I have Is my projector and I could plug it into my computer like this. We're going to have like our own version of Twitch. Like our Patreon users are just going to be like, well, I guess we're watching Jake and Brian play Metal Slug now. Seriously. <laughs> My buddy, All You Need Is Sleaze, has now jumped off of Twitch.tv and they have their own website now. Shout out. That's some pretty dope shit. They basically just stream movies. It's awesome. And he curates some really good stuff. And so he was like, I don't really want to risk being subject to sanction and censorship. So I just built my own website. I was like, wow. It almost reminds me. Remember Justin TV? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's almost like the same thing, right? It's yeah. like somebody that has their own library of stuff and they just throw it out onto the website for people to watch. Precisely. So, Isn't it weird that we live in a world where that almost, can happen? It's almost like a loophole, yeah. right? It's like uh, this little gray area where you're like, well, I mean, I do own the license and I am watching this movie, quote unquote, watching. And I just so happen to be streaming it as well. Because you know, people care about reactions and live stream. There's, there is... It's interesting. I, as an attorney, I will say it's interesting, and I will not comment further because I don't want. <laughs> I love it. Doesn't mean that I should love it. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of love and stuff, man, what I love 
is that people, not necessarily myself, Brian, let me assure you, whenever I play a ROM on an emulator, I own the official license to that ROM. I have a copy of the game. Wink, wink. <laughs> but like, dude, how fucking forgiving are you when you download a game from when you were a kid and you're like, this game fucking sucks. Oh, well. But when I was a kid and I spent, I got, that was my one birthday present was Sonic yep. and Knuckles. I got so fucking good at Sonic and Knuckles. I could play it frontwards, backwards. I could literally use my sphincter muscles to control the D pad <laughs> and beat the fuck out of that game because it was my one yeah. game. Yeah, I was, I was right there with you. I honestly, thinking back to, the days I feel like like elementary school was just like the core like days of playing video games for me. And it was like, okay, well, we just had a book fair and I just spent all my money on R.L. Stein books. So I guess I'm not getting another video game for a while. You know what I mean? Yep, I've been there. Or where you're like, <laughs> where you engage in like the worst fucking negotiations ever. I'll never forget being so fucking stupid where I went to Blockbuster and I traded in a bunch of games and I used every fucking dime I had every coin and currency I had on my bike I rode there and I bought Dai Katana because one of the makers of Doom made it and that game sucks so hard <laughs> and now I can play it for free and I tried and I was like nope not worth it it doesn't haunt me it sucks I will never beat it I don't know what it was for me but I felt like I always like unknowingly chose the most difficult games ever oh, yeah. or maybe it was just all of them were just inc like incredibly hard so i was like yeah dude onimusha sounds fucking cool dude like ninja <laughs> it is like <laughs> it is so incredibly funny fucking enough hard. one of my all-time favorite games is ninja gaiden and i remember being a kid like this is the coolest shit oh wait i died this is the coolest shit oh wait i died this is <laughs> It is so bad. So and you keep stupid. going you keep going back to it because you're like, ah, I might be able to beat it. I don't know. Nope. Dead. Still dead. I'll Still never very forget like my dad introduced because he it was his Nintendo that I got because I was born in 87 and I have a Contra tattoo predominantly because of the times I had with my dad playing that game. And I I'll never forget my dad sitting me down and not judging me, but being like, hey. I just want you to know the kind of a, like power these things have over you. He's like, one time I stayed up for two days playing Contra before you were born. And I, I didn't sleep because I just needed to be good at it. And bro, that game came out February 20th of 1987. I was born. I was my my biological mom was pregnant with me when he did that. So that tells you like <laughs> he had responsibilities and shit. And he was like, I must be good. I have to beat this. <laughs> Dude, it's ingrained, man. And honestly, what's so crazy about that, too, is like you look at nowadays and you have like a bunch of videos of people doing speed runs on all these retro games. Making you feel stupid. Dude, I feel like we should be doing speed runs on a bunch of video games because we'd be getting like millions of hits. Right? Hell yeah, dude. What the fuck have we been doing? <laughs> uh, fucking not memorizing Spyro the Dragon. Can we talk about how I just found this game for the first time in my 30s and I love it? Oh my God, it's the most relaxing thing in the world, except for this one level where you're on these treetops and you have to supercharge. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, according to YouTube. I have so many games that I would just want to recommend to you, but I feel like they're probably already on there. Like Legend of Dragoon, such a fucking great game. 
Oh, yeah. So this thing came my... Okay, so I'm talking on the Patreon bonus. We talked a little bit about the new handheld emulator I got. If you want to message us, I'll tell you which one. I don't want to put it out there because I don't necessarily want to be doing an endorsement. And I also don't know if it's really legal what I got because it came loaded with a bunch of cool games. And one of the games was Spyro that I, like I said, I just never played. And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. But there are a few other games where I'm like, wow, this is surprisingly competent. Why did fucking nobody ever tell me about this? Yeah, it honestly seemed like if social media was around when these games were created, they would be so much more of a like a success. You oh, know hell I mean? yeah. And then if you could do a patch, I think that would make so many games so much better. Like Blaster Master was the first game that ever like impacted me in terms of like music. I remember right. thinking it was like, wow, that's so cool. And I remember that first level, there's a couple areas where it's super glitchy and you like flash out and stuff. And I always remember being a little disappointed by that. And like how much better it would be if you just got like the version 1.1 of that game. If you like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you ever think to yourself, you know, like I feel like every once in a while, like more or less all the time nowadays, you feel like movies, new movies coming out is just like a lull where it's just like the same rehashed yep. bullshit over and over again. Like that era where Battleship came out. You remember that? Well, I was kind of going towards why don't people just look towards like video game lore and make shit based off of a lot more video games, not necessarily directly off of the video game itself, but like take like key elements and then make it into their own. Like why hasn't there been a Legend of Zelda movie? Dude, I feel like that would be mind. fucking amazing. Or it'd be terrible. That's the thing that drives me nuts. It's like, if you could get Pixar to do it, maybe it'd be good. But like anybody else, you're like, hey. I don't know, man. I feel like a live action Zelda would be fucking cool. And you don't, here's the kicker. You don't even have to say it's Legend of Zelda. You can fucking make it into its own thing and people would be like, oh, that is like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of what we were talking about on the Resident Evil episode where, you know, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson made a movie called Undead where it was a ripoff and he acknowledged it was a ripoff of Resident Evil, but then they got the rights to Resident Evil. So then he just reworked it to be Resident Evil again. And it's like, that's kind of what worries me about like being in the same vein is it's like it's close enough to something that's beloved, but not quite. I mean, I mean, look at Avatar. You're like, that's Pocahontas, just like with a million, millions of millions Ryan, of dollars Ryan, of budget. It's Fern Gully, okay? It's glowing shit in a forest. It's Fern Gully. I am I resent the implication that it's Pocahontas. <laughs> Anyways, it's Fern Hauntus. Fern right? and- <laughs> Can I tell you what a fat kid I was? You know the Go evil on. like sludge monster from Fern Gully? Yeah, I remember thinking it looked delicious, like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a fat piece of shit. Yeah, but not anymore. You got that shit going on. Yeah, Brian gets to look at my tits because it's sweaty today. Yeah, so in full effect. You can look at my Gandalf tits. So we're talking about the horror games of Nintendo, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Famicom, whatever you want to call it. So basically. I have a list of 33 games. I think Brian has a couple more. We're just going to kind of pop through them, talk a little bit about them. And if we loved them, we'll go ranting. But we're just going to touch on them. If you have strong opinions, this is what I'm telling you. Please let us know. If there's ever anything you want to hear us talk about on the show, let us know. I'm happy to try to accommodate. You know, there is sometimes where 
I won't be able to get to it. There's times where we have themes. There's times where Google Trends just says, like, please don't do this. If you want to be anywhere relevant in this very obscure niche genre of horror podcasting, please don't do this. But I will try. I'll give you my solemn oath where if you wanted a full episode about the Castlevania series, I will try to make that happen. Dude, Castlevania, though, I just did a little research on that shit. My God, we can do like four or five episodes on Castlevania. Oh, easily, dude. Did you ever play that 3D (laughs) one that was on Xbox? What was that one called? God damn it. Xbox. Uh -uh. I got to tell you, though, the new Netflix series is fucking great. It was Castlevania Lords of Shadow. You got to like walk around three dimensions. There was like werewolves and shit. I liked it. That's cool. That's cool. Have you seen any of the Netflix series? It's really good. I guess I'm getting into my... Okay, it's time to confess. Maybe I've had withdrawals since we did Vampire Hunter D last summer, but I started watching Dragon Ball Z because it like bothered me that I never finished it. And so there's Dragon Ball Kai where they cut out like 30 episodes of bullshit. Dude, I watched like 60 episodes in two days at work because it was just on in the background. That shit's delightful. Yeah, absolutely. What was the one I was telling you about? I feel like, God damn it, I'm going to hate myself for not knowing it. It's the one where the guy, Robin Williams was obsessed with it and he gave the kid the fucking the giant robot. Oh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yes, we need to sit down and watch that. It is so good. We'll put that on one screen. Then we'll have emulators playing our ROMs on the other on the big screen with the projector. How about that? Oh my God, please let's make this happen. Seriously. We should do, I feel like we should do an early birthday party for me since I'll have like a three week old. How about that? <laughs> I'm totally down. That's yeah. so cool. I'll get sign you a my couple, petition. I'll get you a couple cases of like fucking ginger beer and Woo! like sparkling water. And I'm we'll going to get, get wild. blitzed, bro. I'm we'll going to do a cake stand buck. on my ginger beer. <laughs> buck wild. <laughs> Cane sugar. So let's go alphabetically, shall we? Let's do it. Jesus Christ himself invented the alphabet, so it can't be wrong. We start off with A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1989, developed by Rare, distributed by LJN. And if you've watched Angry Video Game Nerd or about a thousand other YouTubers, you know LJN is a distribution company that generally does licensed works. Very often they suck. They make several appearances on our list. Brian, did you ever get a chance to play or watch someone else play A Nightmare on Elm Street? I did not. I feel like I lucked out. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. So originally, now if you go back to Atari, they had a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game where you played as Leatherface and you chase motherfuckers down. That was going to be the template for this game where you were going to play as Freddy going through a platforming style level to find teenagers and kill them. But even though the ESRB didn't exist at the time, they're like, hey, we probably shouldn't be murdering our child base, which is kind of our consumer base. So let's just make it where you're the kids trying to escape. And so like as you play, there's a sleep meter where if you get sleepy and fall asleep, he's like extra powerful. So you have to like find cups of coffee to try and stay oh, awake. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. And it's like, hey kids, here's Adderall. Yeah, Check this exactly, shit. Exactly, right? Do speed. <laughs> but you go through and you get his bones and you throw them in a furnace and you win. Uh not good. I will say that. So one that I want to throw out, did you happen to check out Zombies Ate My Neighbors? So that's a Super Nintendo game, and I love it. And it has a sequel okay. called Ghoul Patrol, and both of those games are fucking amazing. And technically speaking, there's a sequel called Herc's Adventures, which isn't related to the lore, but it's related to the gameplay mechanics. Dude, anytime you want to play Zombies Ate My Neighbors, I am down. It is it's, so good. It's so good, right? And, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I just th- I'm throwing out the things that just caught my attention. Of course. And I'm just 
kind of, you know, piggybacking on Jake's little Nintendo thing. My bad. So it's not exactly just Nintendo here from me. But yeah, Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. We'll, we'll recharacterize the episode as retro gaming. No, it's cool. It's cool. Brian's just not paying attention to what the fuck he's supposed to be doing well, research on because it, like, you know, that's just the norm. In your defense, if you put in <laughs> SNES on Google, SNES stuff comes up too. So yeah okay very good one of the things that kind of drew me to zombie ate my neighbors was the fact that you actually have to save like your neighbors right it's but not you just don't like have a to play- fucking babysit them like dead rising you just touch them they disappear you get the point you go to the next one it's so good. right 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 but it's it's not just like it's like a play on words or just like this is a cutesy name you literally have to save your neighbors right and that's what i thought was really neat and you know you have to at least save one to be able to progress to the next level and every level gets progressively harder and honestly, um, if you make it to the later levels, like without cheating, then, you know, you're either a um, one of those people that are like, what is it? Savant? Yeah, <laughs> I feel sure. like you're like a savant. You know what I mean? Yeah, that game was uh, distributed by Konami. It was produced by LucasArts. And it has a great two-person tandem presentation where you and I can play on the same screen at the same time. And it's so good. And that, and that's what's so beautiful about these old school games as well is the two-player aspect of it completely changed in later games because of the whole split screen, right? When you share one screen, it just makes things so much easier, right? It makes it easier. It also makes it more difficult. So you have to coordinate. You have no choice but to discuss the matter and work together. I, right. I miss couch co-op, dude. Like that, I that was our childhood. And then, like, I remember trying to play games with Ben, my little brother. You know, I was already moved on and out. And he's like, "Hey, I want to play COD Four. And I'm like, "All right, let's sit together." And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Go home. Get on your Xbox. <laughs> put on a headset and call me." Yeah, yeah, all that shit's weird, man. I don't know. Like I, you know, you get good at certain games. I mean, there's you you can only play uh Halo fucking Death Gulch so many <laughs> times before you figure out where you need to be at a certain time when somebody runs out and you can snipe them in the head. Yeah. But um all these old classic games, especially the I guess what do you call them um platformers yeah like you know if you're a co-op platformers you have to be like you said you have to be coordinated completely especially like i mean think about like even just like the old school super mario games where like if one person jumps up above where you are to a certain point you die yep (laughs) you're gone (laughs) that sucks yeah, so the next game I had technically is an alphabetical, but it's an Adams Family game, so I lumped it in, but it's the first in chronological order. Fester's Quest, developed by and distributed by Sunsoft. Basically, it's Fester versus a bunch of fucking aliens with a blunderbuss. Can you ask for anything more? Yeah, he had like a, was it like a shotgun or something? Yeah, it's I, literally he has a gun and he's chasing MFers down. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. I actually do recall playing this as a kid because if if I'm not mistaken, yeah, now that I'm looking at it, the the cover of the game is fucking sweet. Oh, yeah. I feel dude. like so many of these old school games have amazing artwork. Yeah, right. They, like painted artwork, like an old VHS cover, which I think makes them so cool. 
But if you want to talk about the structure of this game, it's perfect that you mentioned Zombies Ain't My Neighbors, because if you look at the design, if you look at the weapons, if you look at the neighborhoods, dude, it is so, so clearly an influence for Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. It's perfect. I have, Okay, so before you even said what his weapon was, I remember playing this as a kid and thinking he is firing things off with a plunger. <laughs> it's poop. Well, I mean, it's this red kind of triangular thing coming out of his hands and I for some reason was just like yep he is killing people with a plunger so that's cool that would have been so much cooler it's Fester's quest so is that really so strange to believe not at all (laughs) so then a couple years after that one you had Adam's Family in 1992 developed by Ocean Software and then the next year you had Adam's Family Pugsley's Scavenger Hunt developed by Ocean and Enigma distributed just by Ocean And what's weird is so this shows you like the era of the early 90s. It technically came out on Super Nintendo, then Game Boy, then NES. NES being the most obsolete of those systems at that point, technically speaking. That's so strange. Right? That's so strange. Yeah. Where you're like, hey, poor kid, you you know how you could have just bought a Super Nintendo if you weren't poor? Buy this same game, but shittier. Right? Yeah. And that's another thing, too, that I feel like we've hit on a a few times in the past on like, how insanely overpriced and like out of grasp these consoles were oh, to yeah. so many people, right? You're like, okay, my dad had to work like three jobs to be able to afford this fucking thing for me. Truly, I did not ever get a new Nintendo game ever. I only ever got them at garage sales my entire life. The first CD I ever owned was Alice in Chains Dirt, which I got from a Sega CD. I again bought at a garage sale. We did not have the resources for me to go get these. So when I'm playing on my handheld emulator system with the ROMs <laughs> that I clearly wink own the rights to wink, it's definitely a bit of nostalgic. So I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, it's like I'm not poor anymore. It's like my I college was- degree is paid off. I was one of four uh, kids, so, you know, we were eating uh, PB&J for, like, days on end and, you know, uh, playing Hand Sonic, me down the underwear. Hedge- Sonic the Hedgehog, Super Mario, and Legend of Zelda basically on repeat for, like, at least 10 years. <laughs> With one controller and each kid got to do one thing. You got Kendra with the D-pad and you got Devin on the side. (laughs) I have the A button. Don't you touch it. It's my A button. So can we talk about the different ways that we fucking made Nintendo cartridges work? Oh, did you have your own way? Did you have your own way of doing things? Because I felt like there was like cool superstitious. Okay, it was I put it in. It didn't work. I pull it out. I blow in it. I put it in. It doesn't work. I pull it out. I blow in it. I take a cotton swab with some alcohol. I clean out the middle. Doesn't work. I throw it in the freezer. I mean, there's been so many different fucking stupid ways and ideas of me as a kid thinking, oh, you know what? This is going to be the surefire thing to get it to work. I'll never forget. I don't know why I did it this way, but it's what I did. I would go through it once and I would suck the air out and pull out whatever lint I could and it went in my mouth. But I knew well, I knew good enough to when I would blow into it afterwards, I would blow through a shirt. So I would inhale dust and copper wiring fragments and everything, but I would blow into it through a fucking filter. If somebody didn't know what you were talking about and they were just walking by on the outside of the garage and they just heard you talking about sucking and sucking and then you were blowing and blowing. With all this lint and copper wiring, like, did this guy just tongue fuck the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz? What's happening here? 
<laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I mean, it was rough, right? I feel like what you had to turn to channel three. That oh, was always yeah. a thing, right? Uh, one of my yeah. favorite memes I've seen recently, it was like somebody saying, okay, describe yourself by a technology that no longer exists. And the guy was like, back in my day, we had to, the only way video games worked was on channel three. And mine was, I know what it is like to actually roll up a window. <laughs> Dude, you know, they actually still sell trucks where you have to roll up the window. Yeah, they sell it to fucking Amish people. <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry. I did not think that was even legal anymore. Yeah, right? <laughs> they abolished it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, all kinds of fun, different ways to make those stupid fucking cartridges work. And I don't know what it was or what the reasoning is. And it's funny because Google's right there and I'm like, nope, it just video games stopped working. And that was the end of it, I guess. But there's probably some like real valid reason why. Oh, yeah. Well, people would create a closed circuit with the liquid from their spit and that would break stuff. And there's all sorts of really interesting reasons why like you should never be blowing into them. Isopropyl alcohol is all you ever need to clean anything when it comes to electronics, really. Okay, nerd. (laughs) Then we had Alien 3 developed by Probe and distributed by Acclaim in 1992. I really do like Alien 3. People talk shit, but it's a cool movie. It's an interesting concept, and the game is fine. Like, I don't mind it at all, so I don't have any negative thing to say about it. Looking it up right now as far as video game, let's see. Some of these games, I'm like, I don't know if I played it. And then I look and I'm like, oh, no, I did. I definitely I did. did. <laughs> I was at a slumber party. I didn't sleep for three days. So Alien 3, I do remember playing Alien 3 and feeling like it was oddly similar to Contra, right? Aesthetically, for sure. Well, that's funny because Contra, the aliens in it are a complete ripoff of the Xenomorph from Alien. If you look at the cover artwork for Contra, you'll see it. Oh, so there's a reason why you were like such a fan of Contra, right? Maybe. (laughs) Hold on. Let's see. We have John, uh, an ode to John Rambo. You have Alien. Yeah. No, I was doomed from the start. Do you ever play Russian (laughs) Attack? That's the best fucking (laughs) shit ever, dude. No. It was released in in arcades as Green Beret, but when it came to America, it was R-U-S-H apostrophe N Attack had the most jamming first level soundtrack of all time. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I feel like is so lost in today's video games. Nobody really pays attention to any of like the soundtracks or audio like in the background. It's just so much about like the visual effects that you yeah. almost just completely glare over stuff that people actually took a lot of pride in back in the day. For serious, because a lot of people make like soundscapes now, but like I just played Spyro for the first time and fucking Stuart Copeland of the police, the band, the police, not the police that everybody hates all of a sudden. The police that Sting hates. Zing. But he is the guy who did the music for that game. Like, how crazy is that to think of? Like, you wouldn't take a famous music. Who are famous musicians who are current, right? Bruno Mars isn't doing the soundtrack for Spyro 17. Right. Exactly. But at the same time, I also feel like maybe Trent Reznor is doing a few video games. Oh, yeah. He he did Quake, didn't he? Yeah. Did he do Quake? Oh, see? That's cool. There's a reason I like that guy. Yeah. Man, I'm so good sometimes. I've been on like a, a Lamb of God kick because they just came out with a new album and Randy Blight is pretty fucking cool. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, I am. I am familiar. I have been in one of their walls of death. He's actually a pretty legit protester too. Yeah. He, uh, He's lip yeah, he like was, your old pal Jake. He, <laughs> he was at the, um, the pipeline protest. Hell yeah. With Chuck Billy. 
All right who on. is in fuck i'm gonna hate myself for not knowing what band chuck billy is in testament there we go fucking testament dude he's a giant fucking native american man he's fucking badass Hell yeah, yeah they kill it he's in a new um a new lamb of god song all about like the protest of the pipeline it's fucking cool Hell yeah. So talking about a pipeline, let's talk about a game I want to mainline into the pipeline of my arm with like a heroin needle, Beetlejuice from 1991, developed by Rare, but published by LJN. <laughs> what do we know about LJN? It's, you know, if you've, if you've done your angry video game nerd, there's a lot of LJN titles. But that's the thing. LJN was so fucking prevalent and popular that, of course, they were going to swill a bunch of shit. But I like the Beetlejuice game. You could change into a fucking skeleton and throw stuff. The game was fun. And I had the Game Boy game as well. But the Game Boy game was based on the cartoon show. And what was really cool, I remember, like, you know, not being good at games when you're really little. Getting to a certain point, because by the time this game came out, I wasn't even four years old yet. So give me some credit. Okay. And at a certain point, it stops being side scrolling and becomes like an overhead game. And I was like, what? 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 <laughs> it was because overhead by that point was like 3D. So I was like, the game? Yeah. It does this? Yeah. So, uh, okay. So now I'm just looking at so all of the games that LJN created. Oh, my God. Some so of them many. are good. Some of them are good. A lot of them are bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, for instance, I didn't realize they did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That is so bad. Yeah. I remember playing that. Unforgivably bad. I don't, know, I don't know why I was such a fan of Who Framed Roger Rabbit as a kid, because I feel like there was like so much adult humor involved. And I was like, I don't know. There's like cartoons and then there's actual people and and there's this sexy girl in a red outfit. And I am I have a boner right now. This Why is you weird. I'm married to a tall redhead. <laughs> <laughs> and then they did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And you're like, hmm, interesting. I have that on Game Boy still. The original <laughs> Game Boy. Don't talk shit. I mean, you can't go wrong with all the WWFs that they fucking basically threw out, right? Yeah, but then if you want to get into like 8-bit, 16-bit, like the Fire Pro Wrestling series is amazing. Have you ever even played those games? No, but I've heard you talk about them like a million times. Because they're the best pro wrestling games fucking ever. <laughs> they blow my mind. So let's move on, shall we? Okay, last note on the game is it has a super anticlimactic ending where basically he's like, yeah, I make this look easy. Goodbye. And you're like, wait, what? That's that's Beetlejuice? <laughs> I'll never forget getting to the end of like, that's not a boss. This is what what is this? You just like get to the end of another level and it's gone. So one thing, one of the uh, games that I want to throw into you, yeah. I don't even know again if this is Nintendo, Super Nintendo. It's probably Super Nintendo because for some reason I was researching Super Nintendo, but Ghost and Goblins games. Yeah, I feel absolutely. like they essentially started as Nintendo and then they went into Super Nintendo, if I'm not correct, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, as far as consoles go, yeah, because it was arcade first, then it was Ghosts and Goblins 1986 from Capcom on Nintendo, then it went to the other consoles. And then you also had the spinoffs, which we were talking about before. So please regale me with the ghosts and the goblins and the... Yeah. Dude, it's it's fucking insane, right? So you, it was created by Takuro Fuji, Fujiwara. I don't want to fuck that up because he is essentially the godfather of Capcom and he will find me and kill me. So he also made such games as uh, Commando, Bionic Commando, and uh, Sweet Home. I don't know if you did any research on Sweet Home. Of course I did, Brian. <laughs> I watched the movie it's based on for this episode. 
It's fucking crazy, right? Resident Evil, bro, was originally going to be a remake of Sweet Home. Yeah, that's just that's just fucking bananas, it's right? Survival I, horror on Nintendo. How did I have to get to thirty before I found it? <laughs> and you know what's really crazy is how many of these games that were successful in their own rights were based off of the Ghosts and Goblins like world. Yeah, that right? style for sure. So you have Ghosts and Goblins, 1985, Ghouls and Ghosts, 1988, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, 1991, Makayamura, 1999, Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins, 2006, Ghosts and Goblins, Gold Knights in 2009, and the latest Ghosts and Goblins, Gold Knights 2 in 2010. Yeah, And don't forget that Arthur makes an appearance in Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. I love it. Fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, you have other games outside of that as well, based on fucking monsters, not even based off of actual main characters in the game, but like monsters off of the game. Yeah. Firebrand. Gargoyles Quest, Demon's Crest, Firebrand, and Maximo, all based off of like sub characters within a fucking main game. Like that's just bananas, right? Yeah, so on Nintendo, you had the Gargoyles Quest 2 game that we talked about, which is a prequel to a Game Boy game, Gargoyles Quest. Then on Super Nintendo, they had Demon's Crest, and that game rips super hard. It is really, really good. It's aesthetically good. The gameplay is solid. I really like that game. Yeah, and as of uh, Gargoyles Quest, I actually have a few quotes here. It says here, Nintendo Life Editor Caez Del Grego stated... Gargoyles Quest is almost a painful reminder of how good games used to be and is a solid indication of how much potential the Game Boy had. Dude, Game Boy ripped really hard. I was recently just replaying Wario on it. I really, really was like, wow, it's so good. Like it's smooth and it plays nicely. And I don't ever remember rage quitting on my Game Boy, even when games were tough. But like as soon as I got to consoles, I was like, well, I'm just going to throw this controller against the wall and see what the fuck happens. <laughs> you know what's crazy too? Like Game Boys are essentially like the Nokia of like handheld video games. Dude, a lot of them literally, still work. You can literally fall, like drop them off like a two or three story building and they'd be fine. Dude, Ford Tough doesn't say shit about Nintendo Tough. You ever see that contest where they dropped a PlayStation 2, an Xbox, and a GameCube off of a second-story roof, and the GameCube doesn't look like anything <laughs> happened to it? That's so good. <laughs> he grabs that purple box by its fucking handle and walks off. Yeah, man. That's so cool. Yeah. I feel like, what was it? So it was GameCube and then it was Dreamcast, right? Dude, I love my Sega Dreamcast. It's still, without a doubt, I mean, an amazing console. If you've ever played Super Smash Brothers and you've never played Power Stone, you are missing out. Power Stone 2 as well is so fucking good like yeah i'll have to take a word on it i've well, never played it but you come know. on over bitch i have it i have controllers <laughs> i could do it but what's great i feel so, like we're just gonna have some epic gaming fucking like all right this is a he-man woman hating club all right peace out women you go do your own thing we're gonna go do our own thing and and then we'll just you know have to fend for ourselves as far as food later on we'll just have to get our day. wives like thousand dollar gift cards to glen ivy spa <laughs> they'll be gone I like it. All right. It'll all be worth it. Oh, fuck. Yeah, of course it will. Did you ever hear of Ghoul School? 
I did not. So Ghoul School came out in 1992. Another game super duper similar to Zombies Ate My Neighbors like you were talking about. It had a bunch of really fun different like weapons and stuff. You had spring shoes. You had suction cup shoes. You had like a blaster gun. And it was made by Imagineering, distributed by Electrobrain. Like that tells you the kind of people you're dealing with. But I really love, I always remember the ending of the game because you save this girl from the boiler room and then all these ghosts fly out of the school as it goes back to normal. And it reminds me of the South Park episode where they make fun of Scientology and the alien ghosts are flying. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Not bad. Not bad. I always enjoy the games that give you the different power-ups and the different types of weapons that you can just... At some point, the weapon just gets boring, right? If you just have one like way of attacking and killing things, it's just, you know I mean? It just gets really redundant. Yeah. So when you have these different power-ups or if you, you know, uh, find a secret weapon or this or that, it just makes the game a little more engaging to me. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I like what's one of my favorite things to do in Halo. I used to play with just a pistol and see how far I could get in the game. Oh, yeah, that's pretty neat. I like that a lot. Dude, the pistol whip in that game was so satisfying. Yeah, I feel like I was a big, uh, whether where the fuck the lightsaber sword was. Lightsaber sword. In Halo, right? You're talking Halo? Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the the two-pronged arbiter thing. Yeah, I forget what the fuck it's called, man. Me too, obviously. People are gonna people are gonna rip me one for the Do not knowing. Do you even game, dude, fag? <laughs> I oh, fuck man. your mom with my big dick, big, 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 big dick, 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 big, big dick. <laughs> oh shit, that's like another thing that we can just like go off the rails on is like the amount of unnecessary negativity from gamers yeah. and just like how everybody's just these. I feel like the worst people of all are boys in like the 12 to 14 year old age bracket. They play for kids, dude. They'll cut you. Dude, they will just, I mean, they don't even care. They're just like, I am too oblivious to know like anything about PC culture at all. And I'm just, everybody is a certain this or a certain that. And I don't care. And your mom's a this. And you're just like, I'm a grown adult and I'm going to cry. <laughs> like, honestly, say what you will about these Nintendo games, but nobody said they fucked my mom while I was playing them. So I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, no shit, man. No shit. Uh, one of the ones I want to throw out there, if I may, sure, is it's within the Castlevania series, which I feel like I'm throwing out all the ones that are. I'm, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to the top and I'm going to do Ghouls and Goblins. And so Castlevania, right? I mean, is fucking amazing, right? Yeah. You have Castlevania 1 through what? They have like fucking 8, I think, or something like that. So in specifics, I want to talk to Castlevania 4. Came out in 1991. And this one in particular had the like full range motion whip that was different than before. Before yeah. you just had where you attacked front. And that was it, right? It was either you you moved forward and you attacked with the whip or you moved backwards and you attacked with the whip. Whereas within Super Castlevania 4, you have full range of motion and it, it's just like almost like cheating. But like it was so gratifying to be able to hit things from like far away to the point where you can be on the other side of like a platform 
Oh hell but yeah! But you can still you can still swing shit through the platform and kill shit, right? And it's like it's it's not really something you're supposed to be able to do in the game, but you like exploit it anyways. Of course you it's kind of like in like remember in like Ninja Turtles when you play Donatello and you have the long staff. Oh, and you was never get Donatello? touched. Yeah, of course. Was it Don- yeah, it was Donatello, you're right? Bulletproof, and- dude. Yeah, so you'd be on the other side of this fucking like structure that like nobody's gonna be able to attack you, and you're like, okay, well, I'm just gonna smack you with this stick over and over again. You're just gonna die. And I remember one of my friends calling me out, being like, "Isn't your favorite Ninja Turtle Michelangelo?" And I was like, "Yeah, (laughs) my finger slipped when I was doing the character select. Fuck off." Yeah, man, that's when he found out ranged characters are fucking sweet, dude. Everybody's like, "Well, I want to get on the action and be like melee or like up close and range." Blah blah blah. And then you're like, yeah. And then people kill you. Otherwise, you can be like super far away and just like take people out. You can be a sniper. You can be a fucking arranged caster in WoW or whatever else. And that's kind of what all I've always been drawn to. And I guess if in a weird way, it's just me reverting back to my super Castlevania ways. There you go. <laughs> well, imagine going through Castlevania's one through three on Nintendo. The first game on Super Nintendo in the series is Super Castlevania 4. There's no regular Castlevania 4. It is super. And like the key element of attack is already like leaps and bounds better. Like, yep. I will completely tell you Castlevania 4 redeems the bucket of shit fucks that Simon's Quest is by like a hundredfold. <laughs> exactly. So the next game I had was Chiller from 1990, which was a point and click shooter when it was on Nintendo. It was unlicensed. I can't do this justice. You need to Google it because I didn't believe that it existed. Uh, what I, was this one? It's called Chiller. It was developed by Exidy. It was originally like a light gun game, and you can still work it that way. But literally, there are people shackled in a basement, and that's how you like learn the mechanics of the game as you shoot their corpse until the flesh comes off of their bones. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, bro. Didn't stutter. Crazy that it exists. Kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible i'm looking at images of it right now and i feel like this is something that art teachers in like elementary school would see images of this on like kids like artwork yeah and dude. then like report it like you might want to watch out for so-and-so because they have decapitated bodies hanging on cellar walls yeah, man, it. I can't believe it. Like, it's so weird to me. I, it makes me realize like how like when people joke around about a, a pre nine eleven world, I'm like, no, there's some definite validity to that because like that would have like terrified me as a kid, dude. And that's what's so nuts about that is is okay. So this came out in 1986. This is before ESRB, right? Yeah, by a long time. Even the port to console was 1990, so it was still way far from ESRB. Yeah, so I mean, just thinking about like how much of backlash Mortal Kombat had, and that's timid compared to what like kind of stuff you see in this fucking game, right? Yeah, bro. And so uh, a couple other games to get through. I'm missing a rifle through the point and click stuff. There's Dr. Chaos was from 1987, which kind of had some platforming stuff. Some other you had Shadowgate from 1987, which was a Chemco Mac adventure series that was released alongside Uninvited and Deja Vu. Uninvited also had some horror elements on Nintendo as well. Those are, you know, point and click games that are just kind of like exploratory, which are interesting. I wouldn't say they're fun, but it's kind of a cool like time capsule where you're like, oh, like what is this weird shit on this console that I never would have been entertained by as a child? (laughs) 
One can I can I throw out another one that I feel like was really interesting? It didn't exactly come out on Nintendo. It didn't come out in the states like at all. I feel like until part two or three, and it is a Clock Tower series. Oh Did hell you, yeah! Have bro. you heard about them? Oh yeah! So fucking crazy, right? So you're like trying to run away from this man with this giant pair of scissors that's just the trying 3D to kill scissors you. on the cover of the box, if you remember. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying, right? Because it's this guy that you can't kill, but you're just like, you're running away from, and it's like in slow motion that you're running away from him. So it almost feels like you're playing like a dream where you can't escape. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You're playing a real life, like, like nightmare, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm going to hide in this room and then you're going to do a certain thing. And then he's going to come through the window and you're like, oh my God, I got to go into this other room. And then he's there. And then you're like, I can't fucking escape this guy. It's terrifying. Absolutely. Uh, Honestly, the, so like, I don't know if you know this, I'm I'm really into Jennifer Connelly. Uh, She was in Labyrinth, which was my favorite movie until I just accepted that it was Monster Squad. That's like my favorite normal movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah. She didn't she do something with like A two A something? Yes, of course, (laughs) of course, I've seen it and memorized it. But a lot of people said that the girl from Clock Tower was based on her in Phenomena. If you've ever seen that movie. Okay, I can see that. It was I a roundabout explanation to be like, hey, doesn't she look exactly like her? Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's another one that I want to throw out there as well. Sorry, I'm throwing these uh, crazy ones out there. But I, you know, listening to these um, different videos earlier at work, one of the ones that came up a couple times was Nosferatu. Hell yeah. Right? So you're essentially the guy from, uh, what the fuck is the Patrick Swayze roundhouse? Roadhouse? Roadhouse, exactly. You're yeah, basically a guy, a guy from Roadhouse who just has like a couple moves. You basically do like a one-two punch combo and then a roundhouse kick. That was your essential like moves to like combat all these werewolves and vampires and shit. And your main guy is like Nosferatu, obviously, and he just like randomly flashes on screen. And I mean, I guess the cinematics were pretty neat on the game for when it came out. So oh, absolutely. Like, and it's strange that that was actually considered like a genre of video games once upon a time. It's just like cinematic cutscene video games, right? Where it's like you play only a certain amount of time. And oh, like then a Dragon's like Lair or something like that? A long cutscene. And then a little bit of playing, long cutscene, right? So it's like there's not much in the gameplay, but like like visually, it's like really pleasing. Absolutely. Honestly, I've actually played that game, which is kind of funny. Oh, nice. Nice. I feel like the main character, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, his name's Kyle. <laughs> it's just a guy named Kyle. I vaguely remember like being barefoot in the game. And I I want to say the guy looks like Zachary Binks from Hocus Pocus, <laughs> which is the dumbest thing I've ever said. But I think that's what I remember. I don't know. But I, I remember liking the game. That's for sure. I mean, you can't go wrong with the name called Nosferatu, right? Hell no. Well, unless you're Joe Hill, but um, uh, Brian, I'm going to need you to laugh at my joke, please. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You sold it. Did, I that, appreciate did, that, did that sound too authentic? No, it sounded really like authentic. You're like, huh, you weren't sarcastic. Know, man. Like, how many times have you really been laughing at my joke? Shit. <laughs> so let's go back to another unlicensed game. Have you ever heard of Robo Demons? 
I have not. It's pretty great. It's a 1989 game. You know, it's dumb. You're floating around as this guy in like a robot suit, uh, almost kind of like a Boba Fett. And you just shoot stuff and there's creepy shit on the walls and everything. But it's fun. It's super unique for a lot of what you're seeing at Nintendo at the time. Is it Robo Demon? Yep. One word. Oh, oh, okay. I'm typing in two words and it's just like all kinds of like fan art of like cool ass demons. I'm like, ah, I, uh, I don't want to see your deviant art profile, fuck boy. <laughs> Robo Demon. Oh, that looks bad. It was unlicensed, dude. It was made by people who weren't allowed to play the game. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's just me being like all snooty and hoity-toity with my video games. I'm like, I would not play that with your dick. All right, let's talk about a game that we were talking about beforehand. Like you said, Splatterhouse is exactly up Jake's alley. You play as a dude who, you know, you go with your girlfriend in a haunted house. She gets kidnapped. You get the mask. You turn into this Herculean monster man and you just start F and S in the A. But Nintendo was like, pass. So they had now production make a new game entirely from scratch called Splatterhouse Wanpaku Graffiti in 1989. Let me tell you, Brian, I like it more than Splatterhouse fucking quote me on it you play as this cutesy <laughs> little chibi character with an axe you go through and you're chopping zombies and like you'll these zombie dogs will come at you and you kill the dog and then its head starts chasing you and your health is candy and there's a like a vampire that does a choreographed dance scene it's so good dude <laughs> it's it just makes me so happy every time i play it and yeah, the, I don't know, man. I feel like the old Spider House, I like the model, the character model. You're yeah. just like some super Jack Jason. I feel I remember specifically like his arms being like insanely jacked, right? Yeah, and no sleeves. It had to be like super buff. <laughs> That's why in later iterations they had to make his mask purple because they were like, okay, you're definitely getting sued because this quote unquote like Mayan bone mask looks just like a hockey mask. Yeah, I mean, you got to do something to keep it going. So, I mean, I'm all for it. And also, shall I give the twist ending for the game that came out 30 years ago? <laughs> Definitely do it. So at the end of the game, you find out that the Pumpkin King and you are just in a movie set and it's all fake. But it's so stupid that I love it. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. And next one. I'm just going to go out of order because I really don't care anymore, Brian. It's whatever I yeah, want to do. Zombie Nation from 1990. You play as a fucking floating head that shits out eyeballs and tongues and kills stuff. And it ends just... Well, as the game ends, there's a bunch of shitty fireworks and you kill a sleepy, teary-eyed alien as the flag raises over the White House. But there is some decent music, according to my notes. Nice. I think it's kind of interesting when you play as like a monster, right? Oh, Alter usually Beast rules my life, yeah. Yeah, usually you, you're playing as somebody that kills monsters. So anytime it's it kind of flips it on its head where you're playing from like a monster's perspective, it, it tends to throw um, just a little different uh, th thought process in there. And, you know, you, automatically it seems like you, you are, you're granted skills that otherwise like a normal person wouldn't have. So it just makes it that much more accessible, right? Yeah, so that means you're going to love the next game I'm talking about. Werewolf, The Last Warrior from 1990. Ever heard of it? <laughs> I don't know if I ever played it. 
So there's this evil doctor and he has a horde of monsters and you as a werewolf are the only thing that can stop him. Uh, you can look at my notes on the Google Docs. If you ask me, send me an email, send me a text, send me a tweet, anything. I will send you the end title screen of this game where you, the werewolf with furry legs, a glistening ripped upper body and a werewolf head, fly proudly the stars and stripes forever. It is the best ending screen of a game I've ever played in my life. You know what? I take it back. I have played it. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, right. And it's so fun. Yes. I completely forgot about this. And then I looked at the actual picture of the werewolf. I'm like, nope, I've definitely played this game. Because when I yeah. saw when I first saw the game doing my research, I was like, holy shit, it's Altered Beast. I thought that they didn't make a port of that for Nintendo. And then I was like, no, this is a completely different game. And then just like you, I was like, oh my God, dude, I've played this game before. Yeah. And then I've also played Altered Beast because I think Altered Beast is fucking sweet too. Yeah, for people, I, we've had a lot of people compare us to last podcast on the left. You, when you listen to their show and it's the title song or whatever, when it says rise from your grave, that's Altered Beast. Okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. Have you ever heard of Maniac Mansion? I have not. It was a cool game LucasArts did, in, or excuse me, Lucas Games, not LucasArts. I even put that on my note. Did in 1990. You could play as seven different characters as you help Dave's girlfriend, Sandy, from the evil Dr. Fred. Pretty cool. Oh, wait. I think I do recall this video game. Is this something where it's almost like an RPG and you can play as like different characters? One is like a, not like a psychiatrist, but like a, one is like a... Yeah. Uh, Each one know, has like, their own special skill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, their own like technical spill uh skills and you can like level up and like RP like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like they're like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of neat, man. One of the games that uh I don't know if I recall the name of the fucking game, but there's one in particular that I remember where you play as like a poltergeist and you're like a haunted spirit that tries to like scare a family out of the house. And I don't, I forget what the name of it is, but it's like not Beetlejuice, you, what is that? Is weird. I don't know, but like you, you, it gives you different characters within a house and tells you what their strengths and weaknesses are, and then you go and you do certain things to make them more scared, and then as they leave the house, you get stronger. The haunting, Electronic Arts, baby, on Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis. Yeah, dude, it's so crazy. Like, even just looking at, like, the cover, you remember those old-school character, like, magazines or, like, coloring books that taught you how to draw cartoons or, oh, yeah. like, char characters? Like, if you look at the cover of the game, it just totally reminds me of something that, like, somebody just like, okay, well, I'm going to take this guy that has red hair and a fun buck tooth, and he's going to be this character, and then so on and so forth. But, like, everybody had their own storyline. So, like, one lady, like, in particular, the lady with the pearl necklace <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the purple blouse, she has, like, this super ugly dog that she's obsessed with. And, you know, she's, like, a very strong, independent woman. But at the same time, she absolutely loves her dog to death. So, like, if you, like, haunt and torture the dog she's just like fuck this shit i'm out so it's it's like it's interesting because you have to actually really delve into like what clues they give you and you get stronger based off of that then and that's another thing that's just it's it plays on you being a, something other than like the normal like okay i'm the hero yeah and i'm gonna go save the princess or blah blah or blah, just playing you know like I mean? button mashing 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, again, this is me jumping off the rails because this is Sega and not exactly Nintendo, but uh, my bad. That's okay. Going back to Nintendo, do you ever hear of Monster Party? I have not. So Monster Party is a weird game. You're playing as a kid who's walking home and a monster named Bert who flies in with these awesome wings and he takes you to the world of monsters because you have a baseball bat that you can then fight the monsters with. He fuses with you and at different points you can become Bert and shoot fireballs and fly. And then at the end of the game, Bert gives the kid a chest. The kid goes home. He opens the chest. A beautiful woman comes out of the chest. She turns into a monster. Other zombies rise up from the ground. He wakes up. Terrible nightmare. Whew, glad that's over. Goes outside. It's Bert, and he wants to play again. Double fake out, bitch. Why isn't that a fucking movie? I would love it. It'd be like <laughs> the Little Monsters with Howie Mandel, but good. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, dude, you just told me like the storyline for like an amazing movie. I don't know why none of this shit has ever not been made, right? I mean, obviously, like you said, um, what was it, Little Monsters? Yeah. But you know, it could be made so much so much better, right? Hell yeah. I would love to just take like I, nothing would make me happier than see some kid just wallop a like a practical effect like puppet with a baseball bat for ten minutes. Hell yeah, man. Why not? Any other games you want to touch on? Because I got like 20 more, but you know what? I've had fun. I think we've hit our time for this episode. If you want more, tell us. We'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, dude, I love talking video game talk. That's just shit my fucking jam, man. I mean, specifically, you know, with you doing Nintendo, I delved more into, I guess, I didn't really realize I was a big Super Nintendo guy, but well, honestly, here I am. Nintendo was kind of before us. I, I realized that more and more as a kid because like I was definitely like Sega kid. Like Sega does what Nintendo don't. When I had my Super Nintendo, I only had it to play the Super Famicom Dragon Ball Z 2D fighter games that my, yeah. my dad's buddy David Rice, you beautiful son of a bitch, he would go over there and get them, and then I'd have to modify my Super Nintendo and my friend's Super Nintendo by tearing out like little pieces of plastic. And it wasn't geocoded, so you could just play. It was literally the only <laughs> thing that stopped you from playing a different console's cartridge was two pieces of plastic. But those were the good old days, man. So yeah, if you ever want us to do yeah. Super Nintendo, trust me. Like Ryan said, there are tons of Super Nintendo. Oh my games. god, I spent countless hours playing um, Super Mario. Like, it's insane. Just fucking any level with Yoshi. And I was just like, oh, yep, I am indestructible. Like, fucking try me, bitch. <laughs> One of my all-time favorite memes was when The Force Awakens came out. And it it's Kylo Ren with Han Solo. He goes, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. And it, the next panel is when you're jumping as Mario right before you have to jump off of Yoshi to make it. Where you basically oh, kill no. Yoshi. God oh, damn no. it, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I forget what it was. I want to say it was in Super Nintendo with Are you familiar with the Super Mario? Well, of course. There was the like the desert levels. I always enjoyed those so much. Yeah, my biggest jams, uh, of course, of course, of course. I love the Mario games. Like I even played Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Like I just they're fun and they're nice and it's always a happy time even when you lose. But my biggest Mario stuff was always the handheld stuff, Super Mario Bros and Super Mario Land. Uh, but I did get to play those. I just not as much because I always had my handheld because I was always out with my parents or walking around and stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, again, if you guys have any ideas of what you want us to cover, if you like, you know, listen to us talk about certain video games, if you like 
us talking about fucking anything. Doesn't even have to be horror movies or video games or whatever. You know, we're here to please you. So and I fucking love research that I love being what I always call the momentary master of a subject and then just walking away from it, moving on to the next thing. So I had a blast. Some of these games I'd never even played, I'd never even heard of. But the games that I loved, I was like, oh, my God, this is a time capsule. I'm downloading and and putting on my handheld system. And here's another novel idea. Maybe throw some crazy wrenches at us where you feel like maybe we haven't heard of a certain subject and you feel like we would both be genuinely intrigued to check out. You know what I mean? I mean, it could be literally anything. And that's the beautiful part about like doing these research episodes is, you know, just because we cover stuff that we already have an idea and we typically enjoy doing or covering like uh, video games, et cetera, et cetera, doesn't mean we don't also like to just explore other things that are just kind of opening our minds to other subjects. 100%. Honestly, if you're willing to go on the journey with us, there's nowhere we don't really want to go except for like, you know, snuff films or whatever. But (laughs) if you're willing to go with us, I'm happy to go there because honestly, like there's so much stuff that's weird and eccentric and stuff that we'd like to do. But we want to make sure we're not alienating our fan base. Like there are tons of movies we've wanted to review, but we don't want to pick stuff that is like impossible to find where you'd have to go to your local swap meet every single Saturday for 17 years covered in sweat and feces to find one V. VHS bootleg. Well, you know what I mean. So please let us know. You got slasherspod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at slasherspod, Twitter at slasherspod, everywhere at slasherspod. If you message me, I will send you the slasher submission form where you can give us all the detailed information you want. If you are a Patreon patron, you get to fucking vote on episodes. So use it. I love it. Yeah, we're definitely giving you fans the option to pick and choose what we do. So use it. So for that, Ryan, is it time to say goodbye to these goons for this week? If you ain't using it, you losing it. No, wait. No, that's not it. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you ain't watching them dying, you ain't really trying. Ryan, I'm Jake, reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. Now... That was a fun episode. I really enjoyed it. Even though Brian did the research on stuff that wasn't Nintendo, we'll just consider that a teaser for when we do a Super Nintendo horror. Oh my god, it'd be so great because Super Nintendo rocked so hard. Even though I was a Sega guy. When I got older and I developed a brain, then I realized that you know the whole quote-unquote blast processing and the Sega does what Nintendo don't thing is kind of bullshit. But anyway, this week's hidden track is Caliburn. And it is so hard, so hard when you grew up obsessed with Ninja Turtles. When you start saying cat, and I just want to go Calabunga, but it's Caliburn. Caliburn, Caliburnga. Dudes. But anyway, this is their song, Dark. You can find them on Instagram. And I don't want to screw this up. It's either Caliburn UK or UK Caliburn. I think Instagram is Caliburn UK, Twitter is UK Caliburn. I love that. It's That's a fun little enigma for me to wrap my head around. Looked it up. Yep, I'm right. I love being right. So I love riddles. I love being right. I love being right at riddles, which is why I really enjoy rereading Riddles in the Dark from The Hobbit, because I know. I'm like, ah, eggs. Boom. Take that. Gollum. If that is your real name, which it's not. It's Smeagol. No big deal. I know a lot of things. I'm super smart. Because I listen to music that's really good, like Caliburn. Is it, do you hear the crow? I'm recording this outside. It's a nice day, except for the fact that it's hot as fuck. Goodness me. 
these guys are from the UK. Do they have a son there? I mean, that's why they might like moody post-hardcore music like this. It's dope. I really enjoy it. I think that you should too. Give them your support. Support them like a big bodice. You know what I mean? Just like cup this band in your hands and hoist them up and exalt them like the way that I personally exalt almost every boob I see. Anyway, once again, Caliburn with Dark. Dark.